0: In the 21st century, the world searches for answers to the questions that really affect
1: our lives. Does anyone know an anagram for gonad dream? To debate the topics that really matter. Star Trek is in a good place right now.
2: Yeah, I can't agree with you on that one. And be brave enough
1: to state
0: the truth. Movies just don't end that way.
2: Three men dare to face what others fear. James. Oh yeah, I, di- I didn't need that image. Jesse.
1: Uh, I was thinking God or dog.
0: Joash. I want Stanley to be the one to wield the Infinity Gauntlet and destroy Thanos. If you hunger for knowledge, if you thirst for wisdom, if you're looking for a podcast that will make all your wildest dreams come true, you've come to the wrong place. You're listening to. The Anti Matter Hour. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchor man reigned supreme. When people believed everything they heard on TV. This was an age when only men were allowed to read the news. And in San Diego, one anchor man was more man than the rest. his name was Ron Burgundy Welcome everyone. welcome back to the antimatter hour as you have known by listening to our our intro. we are doing a special podcast today. Uh, we just finished watching the Anchormen, uh, the original one from 2004. Uh, I am, well, you already know who I am, but I'm going to say it
2: anyway. I'm Joe Ash. I didn't know who you were. Oh. Now I do. Who are you, though? I'm James. And I'm Jesse. Oh, great. We've all been introduced. Good.
0: <laughs> nice to meet you. Uh, it was interesting, because this was actually my f- my first
1: full viewing. This was my Ron Burgundy 74th
2: viewing. Yes, I've also seen it several times. Uh, Anch- Anchorman has been the source of many... Many, many memes on the internet over the last decade. And um, probably one of the more rewatchable movies that exists these days. Uh, it's, definitely in the, it's, it's definitely in that category of movie.
1: Very uh, quotable.
2: Yes. Very quotable.
0: And it's got... Uh, if you are someone who has any knowledge of improv comedy... Second City, uh, that sort of thing. It is filled with people that you would know, such as uh, uh, Steve Carell, Paul Rudd, Will, Fer- Will, Will Ferrell.
2: David Koechner. Yep. Yes, Will Ferrell, the star of the movie, he's in it. Uh, Christina Applegate, yes.
1: Oh, oh my gosh, even more, I didn't even realize uh, they were uh, pretty well disguised, uh, Fred Armisen. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah well, he's re- the he was the, he he, was the owner I of never, the, uh, the He's t- yeah. he's t- Tito? Yeah. I never Tino. Yeah, I never or rec- Tino. I never recognized him. That's crazy.
2: Anyway, uh it's a Sunday afternoon. We we just watched a funny movie. Uh Jesse, I've seen it before. Josh, it's your first time. Yep. And uh let's 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 talk about it.
1: Let's uh let's get your sort of first uh, sort of reaction, Josh. Sorry,
0: I was oh. taking oh. my first sip of oh, yeah. the uh, I was not, uh, McKinley Shackleton, <laughs> so I was...
1: Unaware of the, I, uh, was,
0: I was preoccupied. Um, I think that if you're looking to have a good time, this is definitely one of those movies. I think you said it best, Jesse, when you were kind of like, this is a movie that is perfect in the sense that it, it, it does exactly what it sets out to do. And, you know, this is this is not a thought-provoking movie by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. But if you're looking to just kind of sit down, have something to drink, have some laughs, then this is a good movie to watch. Not necessarily something if you are particularly sensitive to any of today's uh, hot-button issues. One, you know, I, I, think, I think it would be easy to say. But if you are just... If if you're not wanting to connect it to anything larger than itself, I think it it's a it's yeah. a it's perfect in that sense.
1: T- to me, uh, it sets out to essentially draw on the strengths of of the cast and their comedic, uh, just sensibilities, wit, quick quick wit, and uh, I mean, probably I'm sure there was a an exact script, but probably. of the scenes in the movie probably contain, you know, quite a bit of improv and multiple takes and outtakes.
2: Oh, yeah, there's no question in my mind that uh, most of the the film for this movie ended up on the cutting room floor and that each scene that we've seen took, you know, five to, you know, 50 takes to get right.
0: Well, and, you know, it's... I would imagine that at one point there probably was a fairly uh, somewhat well fleshed out script, and then when it got down to it, there it was probably just more of a bullet point uh, situation where there was an outline, and then it's just kind of like, okay, in this scene, this is where we need to get to. How you get there, you know, take it, <laughs> take it away, basically. Um, that, that's that's just my impression based on what I saw.
1: Huh. Did you did you have? Um Does anyone have a opinion or, um, kind of a feeling about, uh, uh, favorite, um, who, who is best in this movie? Uh, uh, this, this is a shining kind of peak Will Ferrell, but, um, Christina Applegate was fantastic, uh, in, in slightly smaller roles, uh, Fred Willard was amazing, and, uh, of course, uh, Steve Carell and the, the smaller the smaller parts, but um, was Will Ferrell the best? <laughs> I'm sorry, <We're> just
0: <laughs> Oh yeah. it's, it's 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 playing silently on the t- yeah. on the TV, and this is the, it's the start of the movie where it's just Ron Burgundy walking throughout San Diego doing his thing. Anyway, um, that's a uh, that's so hard
2: for me to answer. Well, well, here here's a here's a here's a take on the matter. It's okay. Never mind. I was I was done anyway. <laughs> uh, I, well, I think this is uh, one of Will Ferrell's best movies, and uh, I think Will I think Will Ferrell might agree with this because he currently operates a podcast titled the Ron Burgundy Podcast.
1: Okay, there you go.
2: So uh, this is probably his most iconic role, the the role that he was basically born to play, I guess.
0: Well, it's interesting because leading up to um, both Ron Burgundy and especially Ron Burgundy Two. If you are a fan of uh, any of the larger sports, if you watch a lot of ESPN or anything like that, he did a lot of marketing for the movie by simply going on to uh, sports shows as Ron Burgundy. Oh, yeah. There's there's a a fairly well-known interview that he does for ESPN with Peyton Manning as Ron Burgundy. (laughs) And so... I would I would agree with that like it's you
1: know it's so this was definitely peak uh, Will Ferrell is is anyone pro- I mean he was great in Saturday Night Live he has uh, you know a pretty accomplished uh, film resume but um I would probably have to say this is my favorite role that he does and and uh uh I don't I don't see him Anywhere else, uh, when I think of Will Ferrell, the first thing I think of is Anchorman and Ron, Ron Burgundy. Would
2: you say this trumps old school uh, in terms of Will Ferrell roles? It, it's it's close, but I, I do.
1: Uh, uh, the movies, they come out at nearly the same time, maybe a year apart. Um, but this this is an iconic role. And Anchorman, I think, or I should say old school, I think he uh, it's more of an ensemble um, where they... Really uh, have a equal kind of equal billing, but uh, is anyone else? Is this the peak of anyone else's film or comedic career for you guys in this movie?
0: I don't think it's the peak of anyone else. I think
1: to me, what's astonishing
0: is that everyone who is in it, no matter how, anyone that is that is has a named billing specifically um, that is in it does like, takes their role and does as much as they can with it. There's no one that really kind of leaves anything to be desired in how they do it. Like you were saying, Fred Willard, I mean, his, his parts are so brief, but some of his best parts are just the conversation that he's having on the phone yeah. as people walk into his office. Hanging, hanging up the phone
1: <laughs> on, the, on Sister Teresa. Basically,
0: <laughs> yeah. It, all dealing with his son, you know, things like, just put the gun down, let the marching band go, and we'll play this off <laughs> a as a prank. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm getting another call. Click. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, it's. Uh, I think that everyone, like, uh, you know, Paul, Paul Rudd and Steve Carell, both of those guys, you know they—they're basically bit parts. They're—they're yeah. they're the, uh, forgive the term—the kind of the the tanto to, uh They're, they're complementary, I think. Yeah, is a more favorable. Yeah. Choice. I think that would be better. Yeah, you know, better sidekick. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying there, and I'm not racist. It's. Uh, it right. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, the the to to take what you said a step further when everyone it's in the movie. Maximizes their, you know, their participation. Uh, there are a lot of uh, smaller roles, uh, like we mentioned earlier. W- the one that I didn't even realize was Tino. Um, uh, Tim Robbins uh, is uh, making a, p- a few short appearances, and and he's, I mean, he just knocks it out of the park as the the public uh, TV anchor. One of the Wilson brothers, Luke, uh, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson, yeah,
0: yeah is uh, is in there. Even uh, Ben Stiller.
2: Ben Stiller plays the uh, the news anchor for the uh, Mexican station for the yeah. uh, 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 uh Espan- Spanish,
0: Spanish language Spanish language telecast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, who
2: plays uh, who plays Mantooth? Uh, oh, that's um oh, the rival God. the oh, no the the it's nightly news Vince, team Vince Vaughn Vince Vaughn Vince Vaughn Vince Vaughn and the nightly news team yeah,
0: but I mean everyone it, it's it's almost it's almost kind of like you know it's a situation where. You have a lot of friends, and you just kind of say, "Hey, I have this part. do you just want to come in for a day and it's it's a movie that allows them to just kind of like you know, here's a playground, yeah, go play that's
1: really what they do um i I also wanted to talk about if if you guys have any input on this uh how uh this movie portrays and and just depicts sort of perfectly. Captures, at least in my mind, I wasn't alive for very much of the 70s, but it really captures the essence of the 70s of that time.
2: Well, before we go any further, it's t- I think it's time for another little clip. Okay. Let's see if this works. Scotch.
0: I love scotch. Scotchy, scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Well, <laughs> speaking of which,
2: there's, yeah uh, we 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 touched on this earlier. There's just so many quotable lines. That's one of them. But uh, as to what you were saying, Jesse, about sort of quintessential seventies, they really rub in your face the fact that this is set in the seventies. Um,
1: yeah, the the fashions, the uh, attitude towards women in the workplace.
0: Do they ever? Does is it ever established where it is that they're having the pool party at the beginning of the movie?
1: I think it just has to be somebody, like, you know, somebody's, a, a wealthy somebody's San house. Diego socialite's backyard. <laughs> <It's like>
0: uh, <laughs> just, you know, I mean, so for those who haven't seen it, and, you know, if you haven't seen it, um, you know, watch it and then listen to this. I mean, you, you can listen to it if you if you haven't watched it. That's fine. But at the beginning of the movie, they, they're they celebrating the fact that their uh, station, is it... Number one in the ratings. Yeah, so but what, yeah. Is, what is their station? KW...
2: I don't know, but it's Channel 4. Yeah, Channel 4. It's, uh, the, oh, it doesn't stay on there. The, the, the Channel 4 news team, that's yeah. what they keep calling themselves. Yeah,
0: the Channel 4 news team, they, uh, they are number one in their region. And uh, so they're celebrating by going to, they're just having a pool party uh, at some random person's house. And the only reason I say that is because later, you know, you think it's Ron Burgundy's house maybe. Because he's just walking around in his uh, a bathrobe. Li- well, yeah, in his in his bathrobe, but he ends up going back to his place afterwards. So it's just kind of never mentioned. Yeah. I,
1: I, I just <laughs> interpreted this to be a like maybe the station owner or some random socialite. Ron Burgundy is, a sta- is they're establishing him as a just a pillar, uh, social you know butterfly, a sort of a upstanding. Member of the community that everyone wants to, you know, be friends with and have at their house, and
0: he's he's kind of the you know like like the billboard says if Ron Burgundy says it, you know, it's true. Kind of a situation,
2: yeah. Yeah, he's the heart of the uh, San Diego, but but he's also the the heart of '70s San Diego. He represents everything that that represents, basically. Yes. Uh, uh, here's another clip from that uh, party scene that was just mentioned and Gentlemen, can I please have your attention?
0: I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. <laughs> and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
1: Cannonball! Cannonball!
0: There goes the drink. How many drinks do you think were just dropped into that? what looks to be more like a hot tub than a pool.
2: Look, if, if you're ever at a party at somebody else's house with somebody else's pool and somebody else's liquor, you're not going to think twice about jumping into said pool with said liquor and, and, and worrying about that. You're just going to jump in,
0: Especially it's if you're in your baseball uniform. It's kind of what it That's is. That's
2: true. There's a baseball <laughs> guy there for some <laughs> reason.
1: <laughs> oh, see, yeah. It's, well, because it's basically, it's what I was trying to get across. is basically a who's who party, like of, you know, San Diego. So I assume, like I assume, in the city we live in, uh, you know, there's parties where all of the prominent politicians and athletes and business leaders are all, at, at, you know, invited to one person's house party.
2: Do you think any of the prominent politicians in the Portland area are walking around said party in their underwear and a bathrobe? Not in two, with
1: their tie on. Not in 2019. In 1977, perhaps.
2: Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: That's just. <laughs> but the pool, to get to the uh, pool, these are uh, little nitpicks, but uh, it just looks to me like, you know, sort of a, a fashion pool. Uh, it's not, you know, it's obviously not a lap swimming pool, or uh, it's, it's sort of just a...
0: It's a, This is, we're going to sit down and just kind of schmooze pool. That's, a, that's a, a
2: party pool right there. Whoever owns this house has yeah. that house solely for the purpose of, of holding having parties. Pa- of holding yeah. parties. And,
1: yeah. I mean, it essentially serves as a function of just something to put a deck chair next to.
2: Yep. So, um, whammy. Uh, while I try to <laughs> get this thing to the right spot, any other specific part of the movie anyone's interested in discussing?
1: Oh, just uh I mean all the uh so many quotable scenes, but um I I, I guess uh we did discuss everyone has a f- favorite uh particular scene. Uh.
2: But before we get to that, I think well, let's see what happens when I do this. Okay. Play, whammy. There we go. He doesn't say whammy. He says, whammy. <laughs> so he says whammy. Is what he yeah. says. That's <laughs> what it sounds like when you say whammy from your heart. He's just. He's. I think it's or supposed to.
1: I think it's supposed to intimate that he's uh, a sort of a big, oafy, sloppy drunk, uh, and he's probably half drunk during the newscast. <laughs> is it? Is it? <laughs> He looks to me like he's he's a stroke victim. The Brit. way that
0: it, that his mouth is Ch- like champ champ, off or, or, <laughs> champ, yeah. That he's a stroke because vi- his mouth, is, you know, like it looks like one side of his mouth is anyway. That, that's
2: a combination of extreme enthusiasm <laughs> and sloppy drunkenness.
0: And maybe he's got chew on one side. <laughs> maybe Probably. like they don't say it, but it's just assumed that yeah, he's someone exactly. that chews. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yep.
0: Did anyone else feel uncomfortable with? Uh, Ron Burgundy's body hair in regards to it looking like it should have been lower than it was. Uh. How short and curly it is.
2: Uh. Are you suggesting that they glued hair onto Will Ferrell to make this movie?
0: No, I'm suggesting that it looks like Wolf Ferrell has uh, Wolf Ferrell's pubic hair goes all the way up to his neck.
1: i that's a true seventies man, right there. <laughs> I think he. I think that looks consistent with what he. I could be wrong, but I think that looks consistent with uh, when he's been shirtless in SNL.
2: And I, uh, I think Paul Rudd's uh, body hair might be a little bit more impressive, though.
1: Well, I mean, look, I am
0: certainly no one. That's to, to uh, like you know to throw. Uh, uh, you know throwing stones at glass houses in in this particular case i am i am not one to to make fun of a man's uh body hair but it just it's it, it it's i don't know it just struck me as like you know did they permit beforehand or sure.
1: yeah it's just another aspect of things that uh scream to me in the 70s because uh, uh body hair was uh more often on display, it was not. It was not. Sh- it was not thought of as
0: uh, as yeah. uh, something to something uh, to, to hide. hide yeah. yeah.
2: Well, l- l- while we're talking about hair, let's not ignore Will Ferrell's excellent seventies mustache in this movie. Oh my goodness, that
0: is the perfect caterpillar like hair comb mustache.
2: I think it might be second only to Burt Reynolds' mustache in uh Smoking the Bandit. Well, any of his movies, really uh for the most part but yeah this one's a close second do you, so is that i wonder is that a
0: natural mustache or is that a glued on mustache
1: uh that's a good question i mean obviously maybe maybe we could possibly get the answer from google but i, I would if i was just guessing i would i would say it was a natural
2: but. Are, are you saying you'd like me to google if no <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's let's just speculate if we if we yeah
1: we could we could uh, answer that question by the, at the end of the podcast. Uh, well, let's. I,
0: I will say this. If it is a prosthetic mustache, it is incredibly convincing. And if it is not, then, world Ferrell, I salute you. I could never grow a mustache like that.
2: I, I concur with that. Uh, such a m- mustache is something that will never be seen on my face, sadly. No. Except for that one time that I got a fake mustache and went uh, dressed as Ron Burgundy for Halloween. Uh, but even that wasn't, you know, could not compare to the actual. Well, that, but mustache. that's
0: purpose built.
2: Also, it and wasn't a Ron burgundy mustache. It was, so, was a separate thing.
0: Did you did you go with the suit or did you go with the I own a burgundy suit and the uh, and the and the robe.
2: I want that robe, but no, uh, sadly, all I own is the burgundy suit with the '70s tie, oh. and a uh, it came with a styrofoam microphone. Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: So it was a full burgundy costume.
2: Yes. I went to, uh, uh, for Halloween a few years back, I went as Ron Burgundy. Except for my glasses, it was as authentic as I could get.
0: So I'm just curious now, when you bought it, was it a officially licensed Ron Burgundy costume or did they have to name it
2: something different? Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. I, went to the, I went to the <laughs> 70s news anchor. <laughs> I went to the depths of eBay to find this suit. This is not a costume suit.
0: Oh, okay. I apologize. So this was. This was a an actual suit that it, someone had put together and sold on eBay.
2: This is an actual burgundy suit. Uh, that I'd have to l- look at the label to tell you who made it, but it, it's not a costume. It wasn't something that came in a c- packaged costume. Gotcha. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I might be able to find a picture of it, but it's going to take me a little while. Yeah, it was. I had forgot that you'd done that,
1: but that's uh, uh, certainly it was an iconic. Uh, Halloween costume. So Jesse or, or Jamie, did either of you see this when it came out originally? No, no. Uh, I must have seen it probably on DVD around 2006, maybe? So not that long after. Yeah, a few, a couple, few years.
2: I'd, I'd classify this as something of a sleeper hit. Uh, I'm sure it was advertised to the hilt back when it was new, but... Uh, I think it borders on a cult following in terms of its popularity. I right. think it's, it has more longevity, picks up steam than it did when it was initially released. I'm not saying it didn't have a successful release. I have no idea, but I do feel like this movie has more longevity than uh, you know m- most you know released movies. Yeah,
0: I feel like this movie is something that is um, comparable to like an airplane or a Naked Gun. Yeah. In the sense that when it came out it did it did well enough to garner uh sequels. Okay. But it it it, it grew and grew as people went back and watched it and kind of word of mouth
1: kind of got people to look at it more and more. Anchorman um was made on a budget of twenty six million. Wow, and, that's uh
2: well, all those uh, cameos they had to pay them. Something. Well
0: no, I'm just thinking that honestly that's not a lot nowadays.
1: 2004 and uh the box office uh results were uh, 90
2: million. Well, let's not forget the special effects budget for this movie. Yeah, I saw that as a
0: credit. What were what <clears throat> special effects? Oh, I think the, you know what scene I'm talking of, about. I think
2: the, that, the... that means a lot of stuff the Oh.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the scene with Will Ferrell and Christina Applegate. Uh, riding horses on rainbows, yeah. yes the, unicorn. <laughs> yeah, the scene that the features, unicorns, the yes. features the features the incredible dialogue. Hey, look, a, a magnificent rainbow. Do me Do on it. Do me on it. it. Do <laughs> me on it. <laughs> yeah. the,
1: that's that. That was ninety percent of the special effects budget. The remaining ten percent was used uh, purchasing stuffed animals. That is probably
0: one of the funniest, like portrayals of sex that i have seen like there have been other comedy movies that have tried to m- make it funny but to me that was that was hilarious did, did, did you guys
1: I, I don't know that you were meant to really interpret that uh interlude uh very much but to me uh it sort of meant to me i'm not sure exactly what substance but that they had consumed some sort of a a drug like some uh, sort of barbiturate like if LS, you will maybe like LSD or something i don't know what drug gives you like you know sort of uh sexual en- enhancing uh hallucinations but
2: are you sure it wasn't simply the magic of the jazz flute that i, I led don't know. To
1: that? i thought they did i thought they did some drugs <laughs> and then uh and then rode unicorns together
2: <laughs> along with
1: the uh, little cherubs yeah but i don't know uh, for s- certain if that's what that means uh <laughs> It certainly uh and then they
2: go r- sliding down the rainbow. It was actually a pretty short scene, but it uh it conveyed the message quite thoroughly, I I'd say. Yes.
0: <laughs> and then you immediately come in on his uh on his lazy man's
1: sofa that has uh embroidered RB on the back of it. Oh, I didn't <laughs> even notice that touch. It, it's a nice uh another uh seventies sort of uh uh Cliché, uh, smoking after sex.
2: So let's let's briefly, since we're talking about it, discuss the post, post-coital post scene in question uh, as it comes back from the animated I- Rainbows and Unicorns. We got Christina Applegate, you know, looking like uh, she spent an hour in makeup beforehand. Right. <laughs> a vision. Wearing, w- with her earrings and makeup still on, smoking a, a cigarette. A and vision. Then, and then here comes Will Ferrell, uh, Ron Burgundy, just uh, uh, coming right over with his... Uh, uh, news team mug, uh, also looking like he just came out of the, the makeup booth. It's it's very 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 staged, but also very iconic.
0: Yeah, but I think I think that also kind of goes into kind of the '70s scene where you know that's just like everyone is always looking like when you when you think of movies and TV and stuff, everyone is always looking their best regardless yeah. of what they're doing,
1: right? Like, that, that that, particular scene never, ever happened in the history of uh, waking up the next morning.
2: Yeah. Well, nope. whenever, whenever that sort of topic was discussed, it was always discussed in flowery terms that made it seem like that's how it wor- worked.
0: Well, even nowadays, it's the same thing. But anyway. It's
2: true. But I think even more so in the 70s. Yes. It was talked about less often, but perhaps when it was discussed, the language was even more poetic and flowery than it is now.
0: By the way, uh so we were we're ending on a shot of Baxter mm-hmm. after after the uh after the scene we were discussing it moves over to Baxter, Ron Burgundy's uh little terrier and he's got headgear on. I, yeah. And I, d- I d- yeah, he has braces. He has okay. braces
2: or something. Well, retainer.
0: Well, yes. or I retainer. would uh, I would yeah, some sort of night retainer
2: or something like that. Well, it's the same one that Ron Burgundy wears. Yeah. They both want to keep their teeth looking. Not last <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Ron Burgundy did not have to remove his headgear <laughs> after so the previous evening. I,
1: I might have glossed over it earlier, but um, I didn't want to uh, overlook Christina Applegate's contributions. Uh, does anyone? I, this could be her top, like, sort of peak as, as far as uh, film uh, acting. Film, I
0: would
2: say. Film, I would say so. Um, she definitely had a better run as a, I, I don't want to say child actor, but youth actor, on Married with Children.
1: Did she br- did she briefly enter into like some dramatic like, sort of, hand that rocks the cradle sort of uh, movie roles uh, or
0: movie? Uh, the things that I know her from mainly are, um, there was a TV show I can't remember what it was called where she played someone who had some sort of head trauma. And had been a, a very kind of snobby, mean person beforehand and came back as this very nice person and she worked at a hmm. I wanna say a real estate company. It was a, a TV show. Um and then uh it was oh Samantha Who, that's what it is. Oh, Samantha so I didn't Who know that one that uh, ran for a couple of years, and then she did another TV show with um can you can you move up real quickly, Jamie? Okay, so she did a TV show up all night with. uh, Can you click on that? She had a her co-star of that was fairly well known. Um,
2: Will Will Arnett and and Maya Rudolph.
0: Yeah, up all night, which Hmm. my wife and I watched and we thought was hilarious. That was a that was a funny TV show.
2: Well, while we're discussing this, let's not forget her role in Alvin and the Chipmunks: The Squeakle, where she played Brittany.
1: Okay. So I'm just browsing her uh, filmography on IMDb, and I, I don't see anything other than married with children that uh, that holds a candle to... Uh,
2: whoa, whoa, uh, quick tangent. Anchorman. There was a short-lived TV series uh, in 2004, the same year that uh, Anchorman came out, called Father of the Pride. It was one of the first attempts to put a uh, computer-animated... TV show on mainstream TV, on network TV? Ill, attempt. It starred uh, a, a family of lions that were sort of like working with... Um, uh, oh, who were those magicians that always had lions? Oh, um, um, Siegfried and Roy? Yeah, them. Uh, it only lasted like a season or half a season or something like that, but Christina Applegate has a credit uh, as uh, Candy. Yeah, a lot
0: of her stuff is more more uh, Kind of fill uh, TV cameos, yeah. uh, a
2: couple of uh, of TV series. Yeah. What
0: is she doing right now? She is in. Uh,
2: she's in a series that's currently filming called Dead to Me. Oh, interesting.
0: Okay. I don't know what that
2: is. Looks like she's focusing on TV right now. Yeah. Interesting. She, she was in a, mo- a thing called Youth in Oregon in 2016. Never heard of this one. Huh.
1: So I, I just didn't want to overlook uh, her uh, uh, performance in this movie. It was, uh, it was a great performance.
2: It was, it was equal to Will Ferrell's in terms of uh, how it fit within the, 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 the scope of the movie and, and the, the, the terms that it established.
0: I think what's interesting to me is how I, I, uh, another thing that this film did that I think kind of embodied that... Era as far as movies and film was the fact that there were a lot of exclamations that were made that weren't curses but were kind
1: of absurd takes, like, you know, by the beard of Zeus. Now (laughs) I gotta find one of them somehow in this movie. Uh, Clips, Uh, I'm sure there's uh, easily found clips. Uh,
2: Yeah, maybe one of you guys can find one of those. I'm uh, currently queued up to a scene that I think really fits with the well. What we were just talking about, anyway, with the uh, the, the sex scene, as it were, the, is the guy talk about that scene. I'll just play a little bit of this.
0: Delight? I don't know, Ron. That sounds kind of crazy. Sounds like you have mental problems, man. Yeah, you got mental problems, man. Yeah, it really does. Man. Afternoon
1: Delight.
2: <laughs> no, what I'm not playing there is when they... <laughs> a- I'll <laughs> burst out into song uh, simultaneously. All four of uh, four of the uh, news team guys, but uh,
0: um, <laughs> he's trying to. That basically they say he's singing that song to describe to them what love is, which is funny. Here's here's one.
2: Oh, you've got a clip. I've got a uh, clip. Yeah, of uh, one of us. Uh, Will Ferrell's uh, quotes. Go for it. Yeah.
0: Great Odin's raven. <laughs> 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 so it's stuff like that. Like, e, you know, nowadays that would be like a stream of, you know, some sort of expletive or something like that. But there's a lot more of that, which I think is endemic of, of this era in, uh, in film and TV where even though there was, uh, rampant sexism, there were some things that were deemed inappropriate for. Here we go. Audiences. I, I'm
1: l- loading up one, uh, uh-oh, this might not work, though. It's a little a, brief cameo
0: a, by Paul F. Tompkins as the announcer for the cat show.
2: Ooh, nice catch. Also, there's Seth Rogen as the cameraman for a uh, uh, Christine Applegate's character. What's what's her, what's her character's name? Um, oh, uh, Veronica
0: Cornerstone. Corningstone, yes, Cor- that's right. Corningstone? Corningstone, yep.
2: yep. That's right on the screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many cameos in this movie. It's, yeah. it's insane.
1: Um, top 10 anchorman quotes Give a hand. I'm not prepared
0: I really nice. am not prepared at all
1: it's so damn hot <laughs> milk, uh, the milk was a <laughs> bad choice milk was a milk bad choice, a bad choice.
2: <laughs> hey where did you get
0: those clothes at the toilet store
2: <laughs> Steve Crail there Rick
0: where'd you get a hand grenade
2: I don't know <laughs> More Steve Carell. It's called Sex
0: Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries.
1: I gotta pause for a second. I think that uh, sound of the panther, that when he opened the box, it just went, made that panther sound. I'm almost positive that that sound is sampled. and used by the Trailblazers for blaze the trail cat in the I, arena.
2: I think that sound uh, is the same sort of sound that you hear whenever you see uh, an any e- sort a of bald eagle played. Yeah, it's uh, which isn't actually a bald eagle. Uh, in this case, it's the stereotypical sound for a jungle cat. Yeah, I,
0: I bet you that that's probably <clears throat> a stock sound that all like because most um, yeah. film and TV companies like will buy into oh. having stock sounds. I think yeah. that's probably one of them.
1: Uh, want to hear the rest, uh, six, six more sounds, I think. Six more. Yeah, what books. you got? Yeah, it's made with bits of real banther.
0: So you know it's good.
1: It's quite pungent. Oh, yeah. Ooh, it's a formidable scent. <laughs> Stings the nostrils. In a good way. Yeah.
0: Brian, I'm going to be honest with you, that smells like pure gasoline. <laughs> They've done studies, you know. Sixty percent of the time, it works. Every time. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: That
0: does
1: make sense. I love... I love carpet.
0: I love desk. I love desk. I love lamp. Brick, are you just looking at things in the office and saying that you love them? No, I love lamp. I love lamp. I love lamp. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it?
1: I love lamp. I love lamp. We'll
0: smash your face face into a car windshield and then take your mother Dorothy, Dorothy Mantooth out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again. <laughs> Dorothy Mantooth is a state What in the hell's diversity? <laughs> well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe
2: uh, diversity is an old, old wooden <laughs> <laughs> ship that was used during the Civil War era. Why
1: would the Ron, network... I would be surprised
2: <laughs> if the affiliates were concerned about the lack of an old, old wooden ship, but nice try. Mm. Good try. <sighs> Boy...
0: That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I stabbed a man in the heart. I saw that. Brick killed a guy. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. Brick, I've been meaning
1: to talk to you about that. You
2: should find yourself a safe house or a relative close by. Lay low for a while, because you're probably wanted for murder. Do you know who I am?
1: (laughs)
0: No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know
1: how to say this. I don't know <laughs> how to put this, but... <laughs> kind a of kind a of big, big deal. deal. Really? People know me.
2: Well, I'm very happy for you.
1: I'm very important. Uh, I have any leather-bound books. And my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> so that wasn't exactly the... Uh, the individual curses, uh, um, but some funny uh, one-liners anyway.
2: Well, you can basically pick any section of this movie, and it'll be filled with uh, something something worth quoting. Yeah.
0: So I'm trying to think of a situation where you go without 10 seconds without finding... Ladies something.
1: and gentlemen, can I please oh. have your attention? Uh-oh. Sorry. <laughs> you gotta <watch> Auto- that. <laughs> Autoplay. <laughs>
0: yes, Ron Burgundy. What is it? <laughs> Speak!
1: Cannonball!
0: <laughs> you were saying, uh, Jamie? Uh, What? Oh, well, I, no, I was just saying, I, I I don't think you can go 10 seconds without there being some sort of quotable line.
2: I mean, yeah, you can basically just slide any random time stamp in the movie and then uh, play it, and it'll be funny. Like, let's see what happens here.
1: There's joke to joke to joke who is this
2: this is doctor chim doctor chim richards
1: richards Ron is this who? you i'm a professional doctor has there ever been, been a doctor me? with <laughs> remember that name we, you should
2: move you should get out of the
1: business
2: this is pathetic
1: uh, you're pathetic
2: is <laughs>
1: <laughs> so an idea uh. of uh, this is uh this particular scene is another example of uh how uh comedy has sort of uh, evolved the uh time this movie was produced that was a, obviously a sexist uh, sort of thing to do uh tell her that she was pregnant and would have to quit her job but uh that there's no way uh that would pass muster uh, in 2019
0: nor should it nor should it but i you well know, you mean as a joke yeah Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, that's endemic of kind of you know, the fact that it's uh, it's gotten so ridiculous in the real world that it can't be found funny anymore, which is unfortunate.
1: Yeah, even though it I mean that that particular joke, I mean, wasn't something worth laughing at really, that it wasn't the 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 funny part wasn't that she was pregnant and needed to quit her job the funny right. part was they were they were phoning her from down the hall and being so ridiculous about
0: and and and, and like right within her view
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and by ridiculous what i mean to say is just that it happens so often that it's not that that particular part of it's not funny but yeah i i i, I know what you're talking about i think it's um i think it's interesting how um Really, there's. I don't really know that there's a character arc for anyone in this movie. Mm.
1: I can't. I mean. Kinda. I mean, uh, Ron Burgundy, obviously, he has the fall from grace and then the path to redemption, which it's not really a path. It's more just a uh, sort of a. What would you call it? A. Uh, uh, Chekhov's gun. I guess the panda uh, is sort of the panda story. Is is that a Chekhov's gun? Well, they
2: they introduced it early, (laughs) and uh, and then after like three and a half months, they finally resolve it. If that's what you mean.
1: Well, it was the it was the path by which he was recalled. Uh, You know, he earned his redemption at the end. Uh, Well, he earned
2: his redemption by. It's it's done uh, obviously very comedically because of the type of movie this is, but he, he basically quote unquote sacrifices himself to try and save uh you know his co-anchor of course it doesn't doesn't really work that way but he puts himself on the line I for
0: immediately her. regret making <laughs> that decision. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um does it does this movie have any um parts where there's something you're left wondering about why did this happen what what if this happened how did this ha- you know
2: There's something I wonder w- where did Brick get that trident in the news anchor fight? Oh
1: yeah that's a good, so that's, yeah, that's a good question.
0: Well, and the grenade.
2: That's right. He started out with a grenade. He's just, he's just walking around with a live grenade. And then at some point he throws a trident at somebody riding a horse, which that's, there is another question. Where that horse come from? Of course, I think. There's
1: two guys I, on to, horses.
2: To be honest, I think the only
0: weapon in that entire uh, news fight scene that was ever established beforehand was Brian Fantana's handgun. Yeah, you're right. Which you see at the party at the beginning of the movie.
1: You, you, you one one could reason with, uh, with bricks. Um, you mean Chams? Uh, well, I was going to say both Champ. You, you could reason that Champ would have carry around brass knuckles, maybe. Sure, yeah. But with all, also that Brick with his uh, um, diagnosis might might be carrying around a grenade for for some reason. Uh, not you know unknowingly, uh, but uh, that's kind of a weird, uh, a weird si- situation. <laughs> uh, oh, you know another question uh, I have. It's it's a what if is why wasn't Dorothy Mantooth uh, given a scene? Uh, West Mantooth's mother. Oh,
0: you mean just because they mentioned her? Yeah,
1: like it seems like an ample, an op- I guess this this movie doesn't really have very many cu- any cutaway scenes, but. It seems like it could have been something that they could have flashed to her watching the news or, uh, or you know, something along that line.
2: I think they just had to spend too, many t- uh, too much uh, time on the, uh, the, the, the big cameos. Like, here's Ben Stiller's cameo.
0: Como están, Spanish language news is here. Tonight's top story. The sewers run red with Burgundy's blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what's crazy to me is, um, you know, you, you, we we talk about how there's a lot of footage left on the cutting room floor. They actually took a bunch of bloopers and an entire... Before the Panda uh, kind of subplot, that wasn't the big storyline. The big storyline was uh, a gang of bank robbers that were called... Uh, Oh, what was it? They were called um, The Alarm Clock. And they were robbing banks. And Ron Burgundy was supposed to be trying to find like who these bank robbers were. That was That was kind of that story in the background that you would see every once in a while. And it didn't test well with audiences. So they had to completely rewrite that entire section, reshoot it with the panda... But they took all of that footage that they had, plus a lot of, um, plus a lot of, of subplots, and made an entire movie called "Wake Up, Ron Burgundy," in the same year that went straight to DVD. No,
1: oh. yeah.
0: that was a completely separate storyline from 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 the actual
1: movie. Wow. That's a big. Uh Piece of information I did not know about.
2: Do you think that's uh, part of the reason why this movie is so good? They basically just like let the camera roll and let the like the actors do their thing, and took the the best parts to make this movie, and then sure. took the the rest. Well, yeah, it imagery. was kind
0: of it was kind of like what I was talking about, where they just kind of brought people in and said, "Here's your playground, go play." You know, y- you see it in the in the bloopers where it'll be one of those scenes that's quotable like great oven's great odin's raven yeah. like that scene uh in the in the credits it shows uh Will Ferrell Will, Will Farrell saying that saying different things yeah every time like they just you know go take after take and he says a bunch of different things and then that's the one that they that they went on so
2: and the funny part is there's like half a dozen of those uh, uh, other lines that he says at different points in the movie in the movie yeah you know thor's hammer <laughs> uh, or is it by
1: is it by by the hammer of thor or by the hammer
0: <laughs> of thor things like that
1: Uh anything in this movie that doesn't hold up uh, very well to uh scrutiny i'm not sure
2: well the uh, i keep referencing the fight between the news teams but uh will ferrell clearly dictates the rules for the fight by uh, no touching of the hair and face yeah everybody's on board with that everybody agrees wholeheartedly later on in that same fight he whacks somebody in the face with his uh table leg or whatever it is he clearly in violation of the rules. Well,
0: yeah. and, I mean, he ends up with facials. He ends up with blood and scars on his face, too.
2: There's no honor amongst mo- news teams, apparently. What about
1: um, the uh, portrayal of, of Brick? Uh, um, obviously a medium to high-functioning uh, individual, but... Uh, well, he the, straight the up refers to himself
2: as... Uh, the whole
1: mentally retarded thing, yeah. Uh, it yeah, during
2: the in, the in the beginning of the movie, in he's the beginning of the movie, when he just, when he's talking about his background, he says he's been diagnosed as being mentally retarded. Yeah,
1: he's 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 one long uh, throughout the movie one long joke, uh, but um, I'm just not sure if that holds up well. If if they should have just played his part without particularly mentioning that he was you know had a particular diagnosis,
0: I almost think it would have been funnier.
1: If he was just a, if a goofy... He was, if he was just a buffoon. Yeah, just kind of a goofy guy.
0: He's, you know, he's... Because you think about other... I mean, not to get not to get too geeky here about comedies, but you think about other kind of uh, old, well-established uh, comedic acts, like the Marx Brothers and um, Laurel and Hardy and things like that. There's always one of them that's just an utter buffoon. <laughs> they don't, But they don't say that it's because of any specific, you know, kind of uh, emotional or mental dysfunction. It's just that's, they're just the buffoon. You yeah, know? I've
2: got an example of that that parallels uh, Brick's sort of story in Anchorman, and that is the character of, uh, I think his, na- uh, his character's name is Bluto Blutarski in Animal House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, there's never any, like, you know, labels placed on him, he just plays the the buffoon, but he also plays uh, a, a sort of a leading role in the in the sense that he sort of encourages the action to continue. But uh, similar to, you're saying he's the MacGuffin. <laughs> well, okay, so in, in Animal House, which uh, you've seen, I take it. Yes. Yeah, in Animal House, at the end of the movie, you know, uh, you know he during the mess that happens in that movie, he is he he, he drives away with the basically the um, prettiest character in the movie. Um, I, I'm having a, tru- a trouble thinking of the characters' names, but she was the she's basically the lead of her sorority, I think. And anyway, and then it does. There's a whole series of these um, points at the end of the movie where it stops on a character, and then the text shows you tells you what the, what happened to that character in the future. <laughs> and in the case of Pluto's character, it was you know he basically he got married. And became like one of Nixon's advisors or something like that., <laughs> right. well, okay. the same thing so, happens with Brick's character, <laughs> right. Ankerman.
0: Well and on top of that, this seems to be almost a trope within and of itself, because you think, if you think of the Three Amigos, Martin Short is kind of the, he's the buffoon to a certain extent. Uh, OK. To, so I mean, he's, 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 the, he's the smaller one, kind of the one that Anyway, uh, that movie
2: is essentially about three buffoons. I right? understand, but of the
0: three <laughs> of the three. He's kind of you know, and at the end of the movie he has the one that has this very voluptuous Hispanic woman come out and give him this long romantic kiss and hasta luego Ned, you know, that's so that whole thing like it <laughs> seems to be this kind of this kind of trope where the one that it the one that is uh the the, the biggest numbskull
2: of them all is the one that ends up the most successful in the end or something? Like that. Well, it's, it's not about success in the, in the case of Animal House and Anchorman. Yeah, they achieved success but in the case of Anchorman, Brick uh, apparently ended up having 11 kids and becoming <laughs> one of uh, George Bush's uh, senior, c- advisors. senior advisors. Right. <laughs> so yeah, he was successful but it's more than just their success it's the implications of that success on, right? on our on yeah. our present. On, on, <laughs> on, the,
0: on the political climate and whatnot.
2: Yeah.
1: So uh, we're kind of uh, getting through here uh, scene by scene, but um, I think it's safe to uh, probably kind of jump ahead to... uh, There's the fall of Ron Burgundy. uh, uh, Yes. He, uh, unfortunately, is uh, the victim of a workplace prank... (laughs)
0: Well, <laughs> of all of of all of Ron Burgundy's <laughs> strengths, uh, his 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 weakness, his kryptonite, if you will, is that he will read anything that is on the teleprompter, which is hilariously that that's almost in and of itself Chekhov's yeah. gun, right? In a that's sense, true, yeah. Because at the beginning of the movie, someone puts yeah, a question, question mark yeah. at the end of his sign off, and so he ends up saying, "I'm Ron Burgundy," <laughs> <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> and then you have. Uh, you have um, Fred. Uh, oh, for crying out loud! His boss, Willard. Yeah, Fred Willard. You know, kind of spelling out for the audience the fact that this is his. This is some, like you can't. Yeah. You have to be careful what you put on the teleprompter because right. he will read it if it is there. Yeah. Like he almost kind of goes into a a coma of some kind. And well,
2: <laughs> not only will he read it, but once he's once he's said it. It, it, it exits his mind. He's yeah, like, he's right. Saying, and that's it. He doesn't remember. <laughs> it.
0: He's just like, all right, great job, everyone. I'm Tits McGee. Uh, <laughs> Ron Burgundy. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm Veronica Corningstone. Tits McGee is on vacation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, he uh, inadvertently uh, is the victim of uh, Veronica paying him back for uh, uh, his transgressions as a in their relationship and uh, unfortunately he has to be fired from the station and uh, it just uh, that's a that's a part of the movie that it's just sort of a uh, they, they just have to kind of swoop through there to get to the to get to the part where he's you know welcomed back well, well,
2: it's not, go ahead well uh, every every main character in a movie needs to go through a point where he's at his lowest or, or he or she sorry but in this case it's, it's Ron Burgundy and uh, all of San Diego hates him. Yeah, that's the thing is that it's not just that he's fired. It's the fact
0: that he's disgraced and that yeah. everyone, like at the beginning of the movie, you see him walking out throughout San Diego and he's having these run-ins with people and everyone's like, hey, Ron Burgundy, and he's kind of the local hero. Go to and, hell, yeah. Uh, yeah, now, now it's go to hell. Exactly. And, uh, and people bl- throwing their yeah. hot dogs at yeah. his feet. and
1: <laughs> He's uh, let himself go and... Uh, Feeling some, still some very bitter resentment to uh, Veronica. So, uh, then. Uh,
0: I love the fact that, you know, almost what, four months in total go by. Yeah. And he's wearing the same yeah. outfit
2: the entire time. I apologize for that. That's okay. <laughs> well, he uh, that, that just shows the depth at which his class permeates his being. He, he, he won't even sit in bed eating junk food without his tie on.
1: <laughs> so we come to find out that Veronica, both instantly and then upon reflection, uh, regrets uh, her actions, and uh, it sort of uh, just sets the stage for uh, for his uh, redemption.
0: Wait, can we... I'm sorry. Can we go back to something? Yeah, of course. So in one of the ten uh, top quotes that you played, Jesse one of them was the the milk one. Oh yeah. So hot out. Milk, milk was a bad choice. Yeah. Well, during that scene, you see what his undershirt is. Oh
2: yeah. And his yeah.
0: undershirt is the little Uncle Sam holding a beer bottle, which cuz we 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 were wondering, we questioned whether or not you could buy that shirt. Yes, you can. I, I found was wondering it. that, and thank you for looking it up. You're welcome. Me. I you you can buy that shirt. Yeah. It is on, it is on the internet. Anyway, so The implication, then, is that that has been his undershirt the entire time? Like, is that his undershirt for every
2: (laughs) suit that he wears? I (laughs) don't think that's the implication. I think that's just a sign, because that's like the only scene in the movie where he's essentially not wearing...
0: No, but he 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 has all of the rest of it on. He has his suit shirt and everything else on. It's just, it's open. So you see the undershirt, and that's what the undershirt is. So I'm... I'm thinking that that's like that's supposed to be what he's wearing <laughs> when he's doing the news and everything else is that because he's got the pants on, I think he even has the tie on. It's just untied, yeah. And 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 his uh, his dress shirt is open. Like okay,
2: so here we go. Oh, g- g- give me a second. I'm trying to f- find the exact scene. I think it's slightly before where I am it, at right now. Yeah, it's just a tiny bit. See, he's
0: got everything else on. <laughs> it's just that his shirt is open.
1: Yeah. Well, it's because it's so anyway, hot. Anyway,
0: I just thought, <laughs> I, I don't know. Little details like that, I think, are really funny where it's kind of like, you know, things maybe that they thought out for the character that yeah. they didn't spell out specifically.
1: Do we have, um, who who has candidates for their favorite or best scene of the movie?
2: Oh, yeah, this is going to be hard. <sighs>
1: I, I think I can think of about f- three or four but uh, does anyone want to nominate? Well, favorite? what
2: scene do you... Do you uh, I mean, we just finished watching the movie at this point a little over an hour ago. What scene do you remember cracking up the hardest at?
0: Oh, I, that's easy for me. Oh, yeah? Easy for me. It's when they're in the bear pit. Oh, yeah, and, okay. And, and <laughs> yeah, the, that, you have the, you have the news team jump in and you have the bears... You know, swiping their paws and punching yeah, bo- uh, Brian Fantana yeah. and stuff like that. That
1: I lost it. They're doing they're doing the full like bu- square off boxing with yes. boxing sound movie boxing sound effects where exactly. it's the the smack of the punch the, like
2: the the the, the stakes that smack together sound yeah. effect. I, I want to say something about that scene. Um, the, the I don't know what what the proper technical term is for those those bears. It's uh, a furry uh, tractor. Well, I. I <laughs> <laughs> well, the the pen says Kodiak. Yeah. No, no, I mean, um, was it somebody in a suit or was it purely animatronic or Oh, you what? mean but, a
1: pantomime uh, um, bear?
2: <laughs> but the, the the those bears were some really great bears, I, some great fake bears. I think most of them were just the actual
0: bears. Probably I think
2: green-screened I think or something?
0: The o- yeah, or or like, you know, you could tell that when the bear was hitting... The guy, it was forced showing the perspective. it was showing the back end of what I assume is is yeah it was either forced perspective or there was one where the bear was whipping a guy around in its mouth and that was obviously a dummy yeah
1: a rag doll. yeah
0: the one time I know that it was a person in a suit with an animatronic face is at the end when uh, it's cuddling with. Um, What's Brick. his name? Brick. 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 Yeah. yeah, when Brick
2: is cuddling with the bear, and he's like, oh, that tickles. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the either a guy in a suit or animatronic or combination of both, I think that was most of what we saw. I think the only time it was like real bears is when filmed at a distance. But any time I think the bear was moving, essentially, I think it was a fake bear. Okay. It's, well, the fact that it's hard to
0: tell... Is is a testament to the dedication.
1: So um,
2: anyway,
0: I,
1: I that's agree. mine. That's Bear, mine. Bear Pit um, nomination. Uh, what about you, James?
2: Uh, oh, for me, it, it's it's got to be the fight between the news teams. That's what I thought you were going to say. It's just it's a no brainer for me. I mean, you, you got Brick with his grenade, and then later on throwing a trident. You got a couple of guys uh, on horseback casting a net over Brian Fantana. <laughs> <It's> At some <laughs> point, a guy is on fire, and uh, I just I just noticed this while watching it again. Um, you could see his face. So it, it wasn't like he was wearing some sort of like yeah a full body protective fi- uh, fire suit. You could see his face. Yeah,
0: I, I uh, have, his his head was bare.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I have thoughts uh,
1: that scene. Uh, it brings to mind many like great movie epic battle scenes uh, where it's just the battle royale, and but it's hilarious because when I get to thinking about it, I think they could film that scene. Incredibly simply, they only have to do about three individual scenes, like one where the horse is dragging the guys through, one where the guy's coming through on fire, and um maybe there might be one more where there's like a particularly
2: uh oh I, where brick throws the trident right no, no, the, I think the most technical part of that scene was when, in the same scene, Luke Wilson's character catches a weapon, and then in the same scene, um Tim Robbins' character oh, chops his arm yeah, off
1: yeah. So they film those those scenes. Those ones are all set up to be filmed or scripted. And then the rest of it can be one take. Everybody just gets your uh, prop and just fucks around. <laughs> just
0: just <laughs> flail about, basically. Yeah. I and think
1: that's, that's that's a wrap.
0: It's so funny because at the beginning of that scene when everyone is basically doing what you're talking about, Jesse you see Brick just holding the grenade yeah, out, just waving, in front, his arm <laughs> just waving <around. laughs> it in front of him.
2: Yeah, everybody was clearly given the direction. Okay, nobody touch uh, uh, Steve Krell and just fight amongst yourselves. But don't touch Steve Carell. Yeah, He's just going to be holding his grenade. Yep, <laughs> just let
1: him do his thing. So that, that's, that's a great scene. Um, my my nomination is the newsroom uh, fight between uh, um, between Ron and Veronica. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I I I crack up a lot more during that scene than any of the others. Uh primarily when they're insulting each other. Uh she 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 says that he looks like a blueberry. Uh he <laughs> says that she has a dirty whore mouth, a dirty uh, is it a pirate hooker mouth. He says uh, mouth? you're a dirty pirate
2: hooker. Yeah. Why and don't then, you go back to your home on Pirate whore, Island? Whore no, Island. no, he says Whore Island. Whore
1: Island. Yeah. And then um and then she says that he uh, has bad hair and <gasps> it it results in them uh, wrestling about and uh uh she sp- the funniest part for me is when she sprays him with the uh, uh the, with mace. the mace and then she gets up and uh to pick up like a uh, rips an antenna off an old style antenna off of a television to Stir- use as like a writing crop, <laughs> and then he he's still blinded and picks up the mace to use on her and <laughs> sprays himself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> that's the funniest. That's my nomination. But um, those uh, are all uh, very funny uh, scenes.
0: Yeah, I I, um, I think in that scene, the part where she throws the. That print, that typewriter at him. Yeah, you can kind of see that. I don't know if it's Will Farrell himself. I wouldn't be surprised because he's a great physical comedian, or if it's some sort of stuntman or whatever. But he he kind of leans into. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of leans yeah, into it's, it. It's like the it's like the
1: <laughs> the uh, professional wrestling uh, exactly. sort of script. Jumping off the That's she she point. jumps off the top of the desk and like lands. You know, he kind of catches her and lands on the ground. Yep.
2: <laughs> yeah. So in summary... Um,
1: oh, sorry, one, one other, uh, oh. I didn't mean to, uh, uh, or two, two others. Uh, just, the, just to briefly mention the pool scene and the uh, Jack Black uh, cameo scene, those are also great.
2: But, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but, anyway, oh, you just wanted to mention them? That's yeah,
1: the, as, as potentially great scenes.
2: Oh, yeah, oh, well, yeah. Uh, but in summary, um, Jesse, you and I have seen this movie you know, at least a dozen times or something like that. Uh, how do you think it holds up on a rewatching?
1: Uh I, I kind of watched this sh- movie... Well, when I had a TV plan, I watched it any time that it came across the screen on TV. Uh, so it, it captures my attention easily. And uh, I've even watched it on, on you know, kind of streaming service uh, several times, even though it's not... You know, I've actually gone to seek it out several times. So it's obviously one of my all-time favorites. And I could... I could watch it any time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've seen it several times. I think this is the first time in a few years that I've actually sat and watched the whole thing and uh, therefore uh, uh, was reacquainted with several scenes for the first time in about a decade or so. And so I definitely feel this movie warrants a rewatch from beginning to end for anybody, uh, whether they've seen it once or 20 times. I think it's just infinitely rewatchable.
0: And it's so easy to find... That I definitely think that it's it's worth a watch it's something where especially if you watch it with friends it's something that you are going like it's going to enter your you and your friends' uh kind Le- of lexicon
2: lexicon
0: and be there forever so yeah it's worth it
2: yeah i mean uh I've been quoting the scenes from this movie for a long time. It's kind of died off in recent years, but now that you've seen it Josh, uh, I think I think we'll revisit some of the uh back with a vengeance yes exactly. Uh, I this I need is,
1: Need someone in my life that I can uh tell uh to go back to Whore Island <laughs> <laughs> all right well, and on that note <laughs> i
2: think
0: uh I think we all we will all go back to hore island now um, right I've never been, but uh, I'm game okay <laughs> all right well our uh our dirty pirate ship is uh waiting for us to go back to Whore island so
2: I uh, th- mean diversity. Yes,
0: yes, that old wooden boat. Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: stay classy, San Diego. See you next week. And thanks for stopping by, or next month. But or, stay classy, mostly, or tomorrow.
2: <laughs> and and I like scotch. And thanks is, for
1: thanks for stopping by. This is Ron Burgundy.